Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the podcast and today I'm going to go to my review of AEW's Dynamite. Uh, before the night even gets started man, this was uh, AEW Dynamite celebrating their 200th episode. Uh, the stage structure that they had last night was absolutely awesome, kind of took it back to the old school. Even the old school intro, I mean I thought that was a really cool touch uh, from AEW last night to celebrate their 200th episode of Dynamite. Uh, the first match we have on the card is Daniel Garcia teaming up with Sammy Guevara versus Takeshita and Jericho. I thought this was a good matchup, back and forth matchup between both teams with Jericho and Guevara both exchanging in the middle of the ring. Guevara then hits a running knee, Jericho and Gar Garcia then both exchange in the middle of the ring with Garcia and Guevara keeping the pace of the match. Jericho then goes for a lion's salt but is met with knees, Guevara then hits a frog splash off the top rope. Takeshita then hits a blue thunderbomb in the middle of the ring, Guevara then hits a Spanish fly, on Jericho. Jericho then gets up, hits a code breaker. Guevara then hits a shooting star press to the outside. Garcia then applies a dragon slayer, but he is attacked by Don Callis, which, al which allows Jericho and Takeshita to pick up the victory in this matchup. Hats off to Jericho and Takeshita for getting the win in this matchup. After that, we have Tony Khan backstage with a microphone. He pretty much hypes up AEW's 200th episode, and then they end up showing old clips um, from AEW, which I thought was absolutely awesome. After that, we have Jack Perry segment. Perry calls out Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn walks well walks out to the stage. Jerry Lynn says he's not clear to wrestle, but he knows a friend of his that is clear to wrestle that's still wrestling today, and it's none other than RVD. RVD shows up last night. Perry then leaves the ring as RVD comes down to the ring. Perry then tries to attack RVD with a chair, but it looks like we're going to get Perry versus RVD next week. For the FTW Championship. Definitely looking forward to that match next week on Dynamite. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is a no disqualification match. It is John Moxley versus Trent Beretta versus Penta. I thought it was a good matchup. Back and forth matchup between Moxley, Beretta, and Penta with Moxley keeping the pace of the match. Moxley then hits a devastating power driver. Trent then hits a suplex or superplex, if you will, off the top rope through a table. Penta then hits a Canadian Destroyer off the top rope through a table as well. Moxie then brings out a bag of tacks. Moxie then hits a bow driver on Penta on top of the tacks. It looked absolutely brutal. Moxie then hits a paradigm shift, but Trent Beretta ultimately picks up the victory. And your winner of the match is Trent Beretta. After the match, Moxley attacks Trent. Yuta and Claudio are here as well, but the best friends end up attacking Yuta and Claudio Castanoli. Hats off to John Moxley for getting the win in that matchup. Moving on from that, we have an MJF segment. MJF talks about his life, his past. He praises the fans. MJF then wants to be the people's scumbag, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. MJF wants Cole to come to the ring. Cole is here. Cole then hypes up MJF. Cole talks about his life. MJF and Cole will meet again at All In. It will be the main event. It's the first official match for the All In card. It is for the AEW World Championship. After Cole signs the contract, Roderick Strong shown backstage, losing his mind backstage. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal. I thought it was a good match. Back and forth matchup between both teams with the Elite keeping the pace of the match. Hardys end up coming down to the ring to attack Sanjay Dutt. Adam Page is here as well. Page and hits a buckshot lariat. On Jeff Jarrett, referee was distracted. Omega then hits a one-winged angel, pins for the three, and your winners of the match are the Elite. After the match, Page grabs a microphone to announce that the Elite have re-signed 
with AEW. Hats off to the Elite for getting the win in that matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It's for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. It is Aussie Open versus the Commander and Vikingo. I thought it was a good matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both teams with the Aussie Open keeping the pace of the match, and Aussie Open ultimately hits the finish on Commander and Vikingo, pins for the three, and your winners of the match and still Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions are Aussie Open. Hats off to Aussie Open for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of AEW, AEW's Dynamite. It is for the AEW Women's Championship. It is Sheeta versus Tony Storm. I thought it was a good match, back-and-forth matchup between Sheeta and Tony Storm, with Storm keeping the pace of the match. The Outcasts end up attacking Sheeta with the referee being distracted. Tony then hits Sheeta with the spray paint. Tony then hits a Storm Zero on Sheeta for a near fall, but Sheeta ultimately hits a roll-up on Tony Storm. Pins her for the three. And your winner of the match and new AEW Women's Champion is Hikaru Shida. Hats off to Shida for getting the win in this matchup. couple things I want to talk about as far as Dynamite last night, man. Number one, it was a solid show. It really was. From top to bottom, it was a solid show. Um, and like I stated earlier in the beginning of the podcast, man, you know, the fact that it was their 200th episode of Dynamite, uh, bringing back the old stage structure, playing the old uh, AEW intro into the show was absolutely awesome. Uh, and obviously, this you know just the stuff that went down. Obviously, the biggest one was RVD showing up uh, to challenge Jack Perry for the FTW Championship. A lot of people were kind of torn between it, man. You know, some people are you know excited for RVD to be there. Some people are not really too excited for RVD to be in AEW. Um, for for what I understand, I don't think RVD is technically all elite yet. I could be wrong on that. Um, he will have a match against Jack Perry next week for the FTW Championship. I know RVD kind of hinted at winning the championship and then retiring the championship. Look, man, at the end of the day, you guys have to understand, Tony Khan is a fan of wrestling. And, you know, he's going to bring in people, because he can afford it, he's going to bring in people that he grew up watching. And probably RVD was one of those guys that he grew up as a fan watching on ECW television. I mean, ECW, and I mentioned this multiple times in the past as well, man, ECW was one of those companies that, yeah, it was short-lived, but they made a humongous impact in professional wrestling. You know, just from the underground scene to the, just the punk rock, the grunge in your face. I mean, this was a time where, you know, you really weren't getting extreme wrestling at all in the States. I mean, a lot of it was over in Japan. It was like FMW and stuff like that and what Onita was doing and, you know, and how FMW was, you know, being run. And those matches were absolutely insane and synonymous. I mean, the exploding death, uh, Bob wire death matches, stuff like that. Uh, the fire that was wrapped around the uh, the ropes in the ring and stuff like that. I mean, Onita is absolutely known for what he's done in FMW and those extreme matches. You know, and then we look at ECW and what Paul Heyman did with ECW and brought in the talent that he had. I mean, the talent that, you know, Paul Heyman brought into ECW is absolutely insane. You're talking about guys like Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Psychosis, Rey Mysterio Jr., Sandman, Tommy Dreamer. You know, and this is just to name a couple. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin at one time. Brian Pillman was even a part of ECW at one time. I mean, Raven. I mean, these guys were synonymous with ECW. RVD. I mean, RVD made a name for himself in ECW. He was ECW. And, you know, it, it just the storyline fits itself, man. The FTW Championship was created by Taz in ECW. You know, a lot of people were like, well, I don't understand why Taz is not wrestling Jack Perry. To be honest with you, I think... I don't even think Taz is even medically cleared to compete right now. To be honest with you, he was kind of on the same boat with Jerry Lynn. Um, 
where RVD is. I mean, I think RVD was just wrestling for Pro Wrestling Noah not too long ago. So, I mean, RVD is still on the circuit and still wrestling and putting together matches the best way he can. And he has a lot of history with Jerry Lynn. I mean, they had some fantastic matches in ECW, and they're really good friends. They even had a match or two in Impact Wrestling. So, I mean, they have a history. Absolutely. RVD and Jerry Lynn have a, a great history and put on great matches for the fans, whether it's stemmed from ECW all the way over to Impact Wrestling. So, you know, it's great. To me, For as a fan, it's great to see RVD in AEW. Now, I don't know if he's going to be here for the long haul. I don't know if he's going to be a part of All In. Um, but honestly, for what it's worth, man, I think RVD can still go. Obviously, this is not RVD 20 years ago, but this is RVD that, you know, can still wrestle. You know, maybe not to the capacity that what he was 20 years ago, but he can still wrestle. He can still go, and I think he can actually give Jack Perry a really decent match. And I think it'll make for a great match when they have that match up next week for the FTW Championship. So I'm all for RVD uh, being a part of AEW. And even his entrance song, man. I mean, he came to AEW last night. He comes out to uh, Walk by Pantera. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. The theme music was absolutely great. I think the theme music was almost more over than freaking RVD. So it was awesome. Um, so it's great to have him in AEW, great addition for right now, and having this matchup with Jack Perry, I'm definitely looking forward to that matchup next week for the FTW Championship. Uh, we also have, you know, Moxley, Beretta, and uh, Penta, solid matchup. You know, and it's also one of those things, too, where it looks like, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club will be competing against the best friends with, you know, Chuck and Trent and Orange Cassidy. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, you know, it's them taking a step back. Uh, from what the Blackpool Combat Club was doing with the Elite, but it's building more storylines, man. I don't know, you know, there might be a storyline here between, like I said, the Blackpool Combat Club and the Best Friends. It's still yet to be seen, but I think it's leading towards that way. Uh, the MJF segment, man. A lot of people are like, man, you know, when are they, you know, when's MJF going to go back and turn heel? Honestly, man, it can go bo It can go either other way. I mean, MJF can stay babyface, possibly, and have Adam, Adam Cole turn heel. That's a definitely possibility. There's also been a lot of rumors about Kyle O'Reilly returning to AEW relatively soon. That's also a possibility, even though he's been out with a serious injury. Uh, that's been heavily speculated about him returning to AEW. And then just seeing Roderick Strong you know, kind of lose his mind backstage when Cole had signed that contract. And for what it's worth, when Cole had signed that contract last night, you know, you see MJF smiling, but you see Adam Cole quickly signing that contract, which I don't even think Adam Cole re really read that contract. So... I don't know, man. It could be MJF trying to turn heel again and trying to mess with Adam Cole, you know, mess with Adam Cole and try to, you know, be your best friend, but is it still, you know, still be a heel? Because everybody knows MJF is being a heel, you know, and the, the segment that he had last night was absolutely awesome. I mean, he touched base on his past and stuff like that. And, you know, the MJF Adam Cole thing, it worked. And some people don't want that to go away. They want them to remain friends and for MJF to stay a babyface. But it's still yet to be seen what's going to happen, man. I, all I do know is that we are going to get a rematch between MJF and Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship at Wembley at All In. So I'm definitely looking forward to that rematch, and especially All In. Now, the other thing, too, is the Elite. You know, everybody was hyped up about the Elite. Obviously, they re-signed their contracts with AEW, a multi-year deal, which are going to be probably here three to four years, if not five years with AEW, which is absolutely awesome. And, I mean, for what it's worth, man, you know, and a lot of people said this, even myself, I mean, when Cody Rhodes had left AEW, a lot of people were like, oh, man, this might be one of those, you know, those anchors in the, in, you know, in the bottom of the ocean for AEW, meaning that this could be one of those things where, okay, if Cody's going to leave, then the elite might follow suit and follow Cody Rhodes over to uh, WWE, you know, but the one thing I will appreciate is what, I believe it was Matt Jackson, um, I think he was interviewed about, you know, 
them re-signing their contract with AEW and stuff like that. And I believe what he said and what I, you know, what I read was that, you know, he's, they're the lifeblood of AEW, you know, and, and they are the elite in AEW. And what I mean by that is, is, and what I'm trying to collect from what he said was that, you know, they're the, they are the lifeblood of AEW. You know, it was Cody, the Bucks, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega that came up with this idea of this company known as AEW uh, with the help of Tony Khan. And to me, I, you know, I would, it doesn't, how do I put this? Cody leaving, and obviously there's a documentary that just came out about Cody Rhodes and, you know, him telling everybody the reason why he left AEW was for personal reasons. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but losing the Elite and, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Page, and if they were to go to WWE, there would be no more AEW. That, that's just the bottom line of it, man. I mean, I don't know how more, you know, honest I can be with that. I mean, if those guys were to leave AEW, those, those doors would be closed probably within a year or two max. I just, it just wouldn't happen. So what Matt Jackson say about them being the lifeblood of AEW, it's absolutely, absolutely true. I mean, it... It, it just it shows every single time those guys come out to the ring, you know, and for what it's worth, man, these guys created this company. I'd be very surprised that they would leave. Now, the other thing that I will take notice into is what Kenny Omega had said and had mentioned that you also might see the elite on collision. Now, when he had said that, it definitely resonated a lot because, you know, obviously there's, you know, this little beef, if you will, between the elite and CM Punk, and, you know, it's been back and forth with the dirt sheets and stuff like that, where people are saying, you know, how bad this whole thing is between CM Punk and the Elite. You know, with Kenny Omega making that comment about them possibly showing up on Collision, you know, it really makes you think, how bad is this beef between the Elite and CM Punk? Is it, you know, are people making it more, making it out to be more than what it actually is? You know, are they willing to work together? Is this just something that's building up a storyline between the Elite and CM Punk, is it going to happen? Because to me, I don't think it's that bad. Because obviously, with them re-signing their contracts and restructuring their contracts and stuff like that, I'm sure you know the CM Punk issue probably came up, maybe, possibly. But the Elite want to stay there, and they want to build this brand. And right now, they're coming up on one of their biggest pay-per-views of all time, with All In being at Wembley. And again, I've mentioned it multiple times, but I can't stress it enough. Where this is their WrestleMania, you know, to be over in London at Wembley for probably, but it's all said and done, almost 80,000 seats sold. Um, it's their biggest show of the year, you know, and again, it's still a little bit stressful because there's only a couple weeks left leading up to all in. And we only have one match that has been announced for all in, which is MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW world heavyweight championship. Nothing else is yet to be announced for that show. Um, but it's great, man. It's great to see the Elite back in AEW and that, you know, there's no worry that they're going to leave. And honestly, I don't think the Elite are going to go anywhere anytime soon, man. I, I think those guys are lifers for AEW. I can't really see them leaving. Honestly, for what it's worth, and this might be a hot take, to be honest with you, I could see Cody Rhodes possibly one day returning back to AEW. I could. I mean, depending on the situation and what he's doing over in WWE, how long his contract is, and if he wants to stay with, obviously stay with WWE. But if Cody goes into WWE and does what he wants to do and gets what he wants out of it, you know, obviously there's money and obviously there's, you know, notoriety being back in WWE. Because WWE, whether you like it or not, is a powerhouse. Um, it's a great promotion. But I think Cody Rhodes came back to WWE because he wanted to do the one thing that Dusty couldn't do, and that was become WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And Dusty Rhodes never had that opportunity. You know, he never walked, you know, he never wore WWE championship gold, heavyweight championship gold. 
So I think that's the reason why Cody did, opt, you know, opt to go to WWE because he wanted to fulfill that dream for his dad, and he also wanted to become WWE champion. But right now, you know, you got Roman Reigns and you got Seth Rollins, and I mean, for what it's worth, I'm not trying to knock Seth Rollins, but the main championship, the main guy to beat, is Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes might not get that opportunity. It might be given to Jey Uso, where he might dethrone. Roman Reigns and become the new WWE champion. That that also could happen. I believe Jey Uso is going going up against Roman Reigns at SummerSlam uh, for the championship. So I mean, it, it could very well happen where Jey Uso does dethrone Roman Reigns, becomes a new champion, and then Roman Reigns, you know, that's it, done deal, you know. And you know, Roman Reigns has also hinted about you know going Hollywood and stuff like that. But you know, it is what it is. But besides all that. Uh, long story short, it's great to see the Elite back. Uh, I'm very happy that they ended up re-signing and restructuring their contract to signing multi-year deals and to kind of lock themselves in with AEW for the next three to four years. Man, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. And who knows, man, it'd be crazy if one day we do see the Elite on collision. It's definitely, definitely a possibility that it might happen in the near future. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, the other thing, too, is Sheeta. You know, Sheeta... You know, beating Tony Storm last night, man, I thought it was absolutely, it was awesome. Um, at first, when it was announced, I didn't understand why the match was announced because it, it wasn't like Sheeta was really doing a whole a whole lot to really <laughs> deserve a title shot. Now, I don't know what this does for Tony Storm and why Storm decided to drop the belt to Sheeta. Um, I don't know if she's taking some time off. I know that she was rumored to do some kind of movie role for, I think it's Mildred Burke. Uh, they're doing like a biopic movie about her. Uh, she was one of the great female wrestlers of, you know, back in the day, um, world champion as well. So I know she was being casted to play in that movie. So maybe that's the reason why she dropped the belt to take some time off. I don't know. Um, but am I all for Sheeta being the AEW Women's Champion? Uh, not really, if I'm being honest, because she really hasn't done anything up to this point to win that championship, even though she did win it. Um, and honestly, it's... It goes hand in hand with a lot of people, you know, what a lot of people are saying. The AEW women's locker room right now is in shambles, again. And, you know, they're barely being booked. I mean, I'm happy that they're starting to build a little bit of storylines um, after, you know, what happened with that Britt Baker and Ty Valkyrie match and all the, you know, all the stigma that got from that match. But, you know, Statlander's in a storyline with Mercedes Martinez with the TBS championship. You know, Sheeta had beat Tony Storm. So, you know, who's Sheeta going to be, you know, who's going to challenge Sheeta next for the AEW women's championship? Still yet to be seen, but all in all, man, it was a solid dynamite last night, man. I, I like the way the show played out. You know, obviously RVD showing up was the big elephant in the room. Looks like AEW is going a little bit extreme with bringing an RVD in. Um, but again, man, it was it was a great show from top to bottom. Definitely newsworthy. You know, obviously the first match announced for All In, which everybody was anticipating and waiting on for weeks now, um, and we got our first match booked for All In. And, uh, you know, them celebrating their 200th episode, man. The stage was different. You know, they brought back the old stage, uh, the old AEW intro as well. Man, it was all great, man. It was a really solid show last night. But with that being said, this is my AEW Dynamite review. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful. And remember, stay classic. Peace.